Uh, thank you to the Not Anything Special Podcast, or I mean, welcome to the Not Anything Special Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Sweden. We're doing part two of uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. We left off on compassion and something that um, I noticed that we didn't really touch on a lot was connection and um, connection between the how Brene Brown defines connection is I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. Seen, heard, and valued. And I feel like uh, the we're actually got a good little core group here. And I feel like we all see each other. We all hear each other. And we all value each other as friends and, and co-workers in, in our different um, businesses. And I just wanted to acknowledge that it, it's not just the connection that you have with your wife or your husband or whatever, your kids, it's the connections that you make out in the world as well. Um, and you can give and receive without judgment. And when they derive sustenance and strength from that relationship, and I really, truly believe that um, like for us for that's kind of like what we've got going on between us. We we meet regularly, we talk regularly, we know what's going on in each other's lives. We try to stay present with each other. And um that's pretty awesome. So um and she goes on and she talks about being wired for connection and how the human spirit and our biology, we're all wired for connection. And it's true. Because if you stay alone too long, you all of a sudden are like, eh. And it's almost awkward getting in front of people again. Or you're overjoyed to where you're over-energized. Um, she talks about it, the social intelligence, the new science of human relationships, and how biology and neuroscience confirm that we're all hardwired for connection and relationships shape our biology as well as our experiences. And that just goes to, you know, your history, your upbringing, everything that you've done until today gives you that experience in neurology of what's happening with your connection in your life at this moment in time. And, and how we have a need for a connection, but how we decide to have that connection is our biology. It's our neuroscience and the pathways that we're utilizing because all of our history, our habits, where we are right now is how we do our connections. The only way to change that is to create a habit and a good habit with good connection to build that new little pathway in your brain. And um, uh, what do you think about that, Ryan? I saw you shaking your head up and down, so you must have had a thought about that. <clears throat> I had someone calling me and uh, I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to uh to get out of it oh nice but uh about breaking habits and connection yeah I think that when I'm really feeling myself I'm definitely more connected with people 
and I am breaking those bad habits that I tend to do, like, you know, waking up later in the morning, eating unhealthy food, you know, not doing certain things that I like to do to keep my mental right. Um, but I noticed that when I'm not feeling connected and not feeling connected to people around me, that I recluse. And I think it's it's my way of just kind of shutting down where I'll be less connected. I won't be hanging out with family, with friends, you know. And uh, that's one of the first signs that I see when I know I'm, I'm starting to, like, go down a bad path, you know, like mentally and and things like that. That's, yeah. And it goes into, you know, until we can receive with an open heart, we are never really giving with an open heart. When we attach judgment to receiving help, we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help. And I think that's kind of like what you're just talking about. The whole heart journey is not the path of least resistance. It's the path of consciousness and choice. And to uh, to be honest, it's a little counterculture, right? Because what's hap what happens when you're too honest, then you're kind of a mean person, but it's kind of about doing it without doing harm. You can do honest without doing harm. Um, anyway, uh, the next chapter is about exploring the power of love, belonging, and being enough. I think everybody in this world sometimes kind of deals with that. You know, the the whole love, belonging, and being enough part. Um, love is the most important thing in our lives, a passion for which we would fight or die and yet we're reluctant to linger over its names without a supple vocabulary. We can't even talk or think about it directly by Diane, Diane Ackerman. And it kind of goes into about being worthy and um, that worthiness doesn't have the prerequisites. And it's like kind of like, I'll, I'll be worthy when I lose 20 pounds. I'll be worthy when I get this done today. I'll be worthy if I get sober. I'll be worthy if I start selling my art. I'll be worthy if I start detailing five cars a week. You know, like there's all these things, right? That you can put as a prerequisite to self-worth, but it, you have to decide whether you're going to be in self-worth or not. It's a choice. It's like a valid choice in your head to stand up every day and go, I am worthy. And I'm going to let it just be. And it's going to come to me. Whatever is going to come today is what I accept. And I have no expectations because if you have expectations, then you're putting a prerequisite on your day, right? But if you just decide, I'm going to let it happen, whatever happened, I woke up today and that's enough. I've made my bed today. That's enough, right? You, you did two things already. You woke up and you made your bed. <laughs> but um, I think that sometimes we all kind of forget that you don't have to do anything to be self-worth. You just have to be you and being you should be enough. Well, I should, with a caveat, you can't be a butthead in life. You can't go around being mean to people and, and expect other people to be nice back to you. But um, 
love is always uncertain, right? Um, belonging is always uncertain, but the best way to belong is just to be yourself because whether somebody likes you or not, whether you feel accepted in a group or not, it's not up to you. You can't control other people and trying to control other people, you're going to start trying too hard. And then you're going to start making yourself feel like, oh, I've got to do this so I can be accepted or I've got to do X, Y, Z. So that way they'll like me. You don't have to do anything, but just be you. What do you think, Ryan? You're, you're my oh. guy still not at work. The other two are just listening in right now. Oh, I feel like uh, that's me to a T. Like yeah. you just explained my issues. Like I forgot about that part of the book too, because that day that you told me to, to get it and it was a good book, I listened to it. Like I listened to it oh. that day. Yeah. The whole thing. And uh, it's so funny how much we can beat ourselves down and feel unworthy of things I mean and I say funny but it's sad you know because I'm definitely um I'm guilty of doing that to myself a lot and that's some of my biggest struggles just feeling unworthy in some way in some form because of where I came from or things I've done in the past and not being able to let that go you know and it's just I think it's, she puts it in such a beautiful way where you're like, oh, I, that's all I, I do have to just be me. And I find myself uh, doing that in big social situations where there's a lot of people just feeling very overwhelmed and having a lot of social anxiety and then just being a weirdo <laughs> and, <laughs> and just acting weird, just being all, all uptight, like, duh, duh, yeah, you know? And so it's, it's a, I'm going to have to re-listen to it again. And I, I started listening to it yesterday, like just all over again. Oh, yeah. Are you picking really up listen. things that like you didn't hear before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I listened to it while I was working. So it's so hard to retain for me while I'm working. Like I, I listen really well and I'll rewind chapters and stuff and I'll be like, oh, they were touching on something I like. But there was so much stuff. Every time, like, Extreme Ownership, I reread that book, like, four times. I pick up new stuff out of it, you know, or things that I even forgot. And so it's it's the same way with her. Her books are, are great, and I can relate to a lot with it, you know, oh, on, yeah. on a lot of aspects of it. You just sitting there listening in, Corey? Kind of. Well, the only thing I was going to say is, I literally watched the movie Ted part two last night and the one part he's like, I broke up with my wife because she wanted me to be somebody else. And he said, I have to be me. So I'd let it go. Cause he said, I tried so hard to change to be with her. And then he was like, what was the point? I, I, I want to be me. I don't want to have to change who I am just to be with somebody. So then they, you know, they got a divorce. So he said, and now I'm happy. And then towards the end, he finally met somebody that met his energy. So. Yeah. And that's there exactly what too. it is. You got it. Like part of that whole thing is, and she goes into letting go is in yeah. one of the, the um, posts, the, the goal posts, but it, if you don't let go and you're holding on to all that energy and you're holding on to what has been, then you're not allowing what's gonna be into your life yeah 
You know, yeah. you're not allowing all that good stuff. You're not allowing any room for it. You're just holding on to all this bad energy. And it's like, but if you could literally pick all that bad stuff up, put it in a duffel sack and just be all drop. That's what you need to do. Like, and it's hard to say that, right? Well, it's not hard to say. It. It's easy to say, it, it's but it's hard to hard do to it. do. Oh, right? it's so hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. I'm in the middle of it right now. You know, I got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I got. I live in fear, constant fear of the world, and it's just like if I could let that go for a minute and just take that edge off, and I'll, I'll do good most days. But then something happens where it's just like, oh, and it just cripples me where I'm like, oh, I'm not that good. Oh, I'm not that good. And it kind of sets me back for a couple of days. But it it's everything that I'm afraid of, I'm in control of, you know, and and I know that I can change that. It's just changing that thought process. And it's just re-listening to books like this, you know that yeah. in the past has helped pull me out of things like like that where i'm just like oh oh and something finally just clicks where it's like okay go time <laughs> and it goes into shame too right because it's your is your because it's also talking about not enough in the belonging sense right but it, it that leads directly into shame yeah. and how um the shame, blame, disrespect, betrayal, withholding, affection, damage, the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and rare, right? So shame is like one of the killers of love for yourself, right? How can you love yourself when you feel shame? You can't. It's like, it's not, doesn't go together. And I think that true belonging with yourself, you just need to realize like, it's going to be okay. There's nothing bad going on. No one's dying. No one's calling 911. <laughs> right? You just yeah. gotta, it's going to be okay. <laughs> talk that talk, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and practicing self-compassion. I, I was talking to a friend um, this morning and she's like, hey, what what are you doing for self-compassion? And I said, I've been doing this like same meditation since I was 15. Found this tape one time and I started listening to it. It was like a meditation tape. I've had that on cassette tape since I was like 15 or 16. And um, it's I still have the cassette. I don't have to listen to it anymore because I can just do it, but it's a quick 10 minute, close your eyes. I can do it in five minutes. I can put myself into that self-compassion moment almost immediately like that. And like when I got in my, my accidents from work and for like maybe about a year and a half, I think I, I had a hard problem because I felt a lot of shame about not being able to go back to work. I felt a lot of shame and guilt that I wasn't there with the guys during COVID because that's when everything happened with me. So it was, I was playing that little train, you know, I just got on the train and like kept feeding it with a whole bunch of coal going, yeah, give me some more, give me some more shave, you know? Um, so I guess, you know, it's, 
you've got to be motivated to have that self-compassion. And like for some of my friends, it's getting their nails done or going to get a massage or getting your hair cut, going to get a shave, right? You could probably go get a shave at like a barber and that's probably like some self-compassion. I don't know, like those hot shaves because you got that whole beard thing going on. Therapy session. What is it? It's like a therapy session. Yeah. Thank you for just saying shave because you know the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dynamic upstairs. <laughs> yeah. um man this book it's so look look at my book with all the tabs and all the underlined stuff it, there's so much that she had oh hold on a second I gotta knock on the door I had to order my costume because I'm at a hotel hold on a second oh, thank you thank you thank you thank you I had to order. I'm down in the bedroom for work. Come on, I heard. I forgot costume. to grab my costume. But what are you, you gonna do? Ash costumes apparently now. So I got mine. I'm not kidding you. Doordash my costume. What is it? It's uh, we're going to a party on Saturday, and I'm gonna be Gomez, oh, and yeah. she's gonna be Morticia. So. It's um, they didn't have any more Gomez, so I got the 20s gangster suit. And then I'll just get a white shirt because it's already got the tie and everything that comes with it. Same so thing. All I need is to go get a white shirt now. So gosh. Yeah, yeah. They and I got the cigar. So now I just have to they didn't have at the spirit Halloween, they didn't have any more wigs and the mustache. So but I can get that tomorrow when i'm in Santa they didn't have any more megan outfits either megan outfits yeah what's a megan outfit that little like ai doll movie that came out the scary movie megan i have not seen that me neither but my daughter has apparently oh <laughs> <laughs> going to get Megan outfits. Well, apparently you can DoorDash it. So good to know. DoorDash in the spirit of Halloween store. So yeah, you, you might be in that reading area. You could DoorDash it. <laughs> I don't know if we're that sophisticated yet up here. I don't know. I'm in San Mateo today. So it's sophisticated down here. Oh, DoorDash to your hotel. Yeah. Um, so belongings in our DNA, she's convinced, right? And she gives a really good, you know, argument about cultivating connection and how DNA and the belonging all goes together and, and practicing love and belonging. You have to actually practice it. And that's something that caught my attention is the practicing of the connection um, because you can be disconnected. And then things don't go well. And that can be in your relationships, in your work relationships, with your customers. You have to connect. And we're connecting every day with what we're all doing. So practicing that connection and being there and present for just a moment is just going to make everything better in our lives because we're practicing that connection. Um see 
uh, practicing and professing love, right? The act of, of practicing love rather than professing love. You can love someone. Someone asked her, can you love someone and cheat on them and treat them poorly? And she said that she thought about it for a long time and gave the best answer. I don't know if you can love someone and betray them or be cruel to them. But I do know that when you betray someone or behave in an unkind toward them, you are not practicing love. To me, it's like, yeah, like you can love somebody, but you're apparently not practicing it if you're not being nice to them. If you say that you love XYZ and, and XYZ is, is being, you're frustrated at XYZ and so you're not giving them the best of you or you're being cruel or you're being mean or you're giving whatever you're doing, putting off bad energy. Are you practicing love? I don't know. You're gonna have to decide that for yourself. Um, can we love others more than we can love ourselves? I don't know. Ryan, do you love others before you love yourself more? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. All the time. I feel like it's easier for me to love others than love myself. But if I'm around people that I do love, I might seem more like, um, I don't want to say arrogant, cocky to those people. Hmm. Or Weird, huh? maybe your act of self-compassion and love takes more courage, right? Fear equals vulnerability equals courage. I think it's, I feel safe around those people. Yeah. And so that's where my insecurity is going to flow through the most, where I can be cocky and like, like I'm the shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're strutting your stuff. Do you need the gangster suit? I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It is. It's just a weird, uh, weird thing that came across. Yeah. But most of the time, I feel like it's easier for me to like put other people first and love others and think about other people's feelings and stuff than than my own or justify why I should do something for them instead of take care of something for me you know I think we do that a lot of people do that in life and then um I think that we're not practicing love with ourselves or the self self-compassion by doing that it's like we're cheating ourselves and if we're cheating ourselves, are we cheating them? Just a question. Yeah. Um, the things that get in the way. So she goes on to talk about how she had the UP experience talk in 2008. And that she accepted the invitation and didn't think about it until 2009. She started freaking out because, you know, Gavin Newsom was there an oceanographer guy, um, all these people, you know, the Obamas, they had all done this talk thing. And um, she called her friend and her friend 
was basically talking to her about like, what do you mean? Like you're a storyteller, you know, just do what you do. And she just um, kind of chuckled at, at Brene Brown and was like, do you need your age checked? Because she started going into herself about ego and getting all researchy and she's going to have to talk, you know, big. And, um, and she hung up the phone and she was like, well, I think it was something about, um, yeah, I'll just keep it honest. And she rolled her eyes. You're kidding me. I'll just do a little puppet show too, you know, type thing. And she talks about, um, talking to her husband and how she never told him about the experience about some other talk and how it, it she got to this place and and this lady's like you're not going to talk about shame you're not going to talk about guilt this is a happy place you're going to go out there and talk about how good it is to love and then how she proceeded to talk about love in like seven different ways love is good love is happy you get joy when you love and it was she said it was the worst talk she'd ever had in her life but when she went to go do this TED talk, she crushed it. It's like one of the biggest talks that is on YouTube that she did. And um, she's crushed it because it was something she just decided to do her storytelling and she doesn't do from notes. And she just has like a little, little clicker and moves some things on a screen and she starts talking. Have you guys ever heard her like do a TED talk or a YouTube talk? Yeah. It's freaking amazing. So yeah. I think um not like she was letting herself get in the way, her own ego, and I've got to do this and I have to do this. It was all about what she has to do instead of just letting things go and just being her. And being true to herself and having the courage to be like, I'm not those other people and I'm going to do this and this is what works for me. And and um, I think she came out as like the top two or top three speakers heard out of the whole day. Yeah, it was the top two. Is it top two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, shame resilience, right? Um yeah like shame resilient like when I think about the word resilience I always think about that Tanya Tucker song strong enough to bend it was like back in the day um and it was talking about this tree and like there's this tree in the backyard and and is it and they're talking about the song and and how the tree is strong enough to bend and that reminds me I always think about resilience is that you have this big old tree and it's and it's standing tall and it's got enough creaking and it's allowing the its branches to to you know have the wind and then and yet it's strong enough that it's not going to break so it's bending but it's not breaking and ever since i was younger i just thought about that song and obviously that ages me a lot because i i was super young when that song <laughs> came out like i don't know super young like 15 maybe 14 was it um, about a palm tree what was it about a palm tree 
No, this is a strong enough to bend by was a Tanya Tucker song is a country song. I'm not sure if you ever heard a country. No, about a palm tree. A palm tree. Yeah. It was about an oak tree. Oh, they don't bend that good. <laughs> palm trees. Oh, okay. I'm going to make it a palm tree trees. now. <laughs> Let's make it a palm. We'll make it a, we'll make whatever tree you want. If that's the yeah, tree you want to visualize tree. bending in the wind, I'm pretty yeah. sure the guys in Florida would be, yeah, it's a palm tree. There you go. Oak <laughs> trees come right out. <laughs> um, so shame, right? We all have it. It's a universal, it's the one of the, she talks about being one of the most primitive emotions. We're all afraid to talk about it. Um, the less we talk about shame, the more control has over our lives. The more shame, here you go. Shame is basically the fear of being unlovable, right? So uh, it's the most, one of the most intense, painful feelings or experiences of believing that we all flawed, we are all flawed, therefore unworthy of love and belonging and connection. Like, I, man, if you were to stop the series right there and drop the book, like drop the mic, right? Like some of the stuff that she writes down, it's not that stuff that we didn't know, it's just stuff that she's put into words so it's okay to talk about it, right? It's okay to say, hey, you know, I've got some... I've got some fear. I'm not sure if I'm feeling shame, but I'm not feeling good enough. Or I'm not feeling like, you know, I'm doing this car and it's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to do well on it. It's got a lot of scratches in there. It's got whatever, right? Because we're all, or maybe it's broken and Corey's trying to fix it because he's a mechanic, you know, and he's not sure if he can fix it. And does that give him shame about not being able to fix that car or not good enough because he's now not with a whole bunch of other mechanics. He's in this little mom and pop shop. So what happens to you, Corey, when you, how do you, I was going to say, that? and what happens is if it's a car I haven't worked on, I just get really intimidated. So I get really bad in my head to like, Oh man, I'm going to take forever to fix this and blah, 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 blah. And then I'll look up repair instructions and then I'll start doing it. And then I'll be like, this wasn't shit. <laughs> this was easy. <laughs> so it's, it's all, it ends up just getting all in my head. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I do it every day. I feel like on every detail, you know, um, every detail. Come on now. You've been detailed. How long have you been detailing? Dude, I have so much anxiety about customers picking up their cars for some reason. I'd say for like the last year and 99.9% .9 of the time it's amazing it goes amazing but I have that just crazy anxiety like I and it's it's not them it's like me trying to prove something to myself I guess I could say like I don't know it, it I don't know what it is but it I need to figure out how to love myself more <laughs> give yourself a big hug i know man right are you living in more in perfection at that moment or do you feel like everything has to be perfect for the money they spent 
And does I, the money they spend equate to a perfect car? Because no, I can tell you it, that today the car I did was not exactly perfect. It looked good. Let me that that car looked good, but and I have days like today where it doesn't happen, you know, but I've also yeah. worked with that customer several times. So like, I won't say every day, like, but when I get us, when I don't get that very loving vibe from somebody, I instantly just get off and just want to recluse up and it doesn't happen like all day, but it'll be in the back of my head and the, and then it, when it gets that time and I call them, make that call, let them know their vehicle's almost done, I just start stressing and geeking. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. like I don't know. A lot of energy, bro. I know. It's exhausting. <laughs> I'm working what? on it. That's like a whole nother conversation. Yeah to like dive into i think it's rad that you shared it though thank you <laughs> <laughs> maybe just sharing it will help release a little bit there's just a little dip into my mind yeah <laughs> ryan needs to need some love he just needs to hang out with us he misses yeah. us already you need to come down to chris's shop I and he puts on some music he puts on some of the reggae hawaiian music I have a mini split for Chris. I could, I need to bring down. Well, we can get Heather. Heather loves to go to Chris's shop. She likes to bring him beer. Hey, that hey. beer is still inside the fridge, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just automatically just kind of chill out. I mean, you're going to do the job. I mean, it's a step-by-step -step process. It's just your anxiety that you're giving yourself of perfection and, and ego. It's driven by like all your fear that you have. And you just, I can so easily crazy. tell you just step out of it, Ryan. But like for you, it's so much harder to step out of that. But here's what pisses me off about it is I feel like I have the tools to get out of it. Like, I feel like, I have certain things that I could do to pull myself out of it, but it's also like, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to, but it just feels so exhausting to start to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm taking super slow baby steps and doing it and things are getting better. Like I just had a good three weeks. I've been pumped full of anxiety this week, but we're good. <laughs> You're on the are you on the shame train right now? No, I don't even have shame right now. I just have you just have the fear train. Yeah, I feel like a little geeked out. Like I don't know what the deal is. I'm just full of anxiety this week. So, but I mean, I know things that I could do to help with that. You know, like wake up and meditate start journaling more like just certain little tools that i have in my tool belt that i'm like i'll do that tomorrow or something and it's not going to get better if i keep saying that you know so it's it's those type of things right you could put on where i feel like and record yourself on your phone 
to get it all out. I've done that. And then I've gone back and journaled about what I was thinking. And then fast forward like 10 hours, I'm journaling. And I'm like, why was I feeling that way? That is so ridiculous. You know, like there's no reason to have that. And it's really kind of cool to listen to yourself think about what was going on in your mind in that precise moment. And that's what I used to do, like journal in the morning, like how I'm feeling or my fears from the day before. And then at the end of the night, journal again, like in touch back on that. Yeah. And it's things like that that help, you know, then I'm like, oh, you could do that. Like, and that's where I'm like, dude, you know, certain things that can help you like. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Uh, like getting on book club just do it yeah yeah my wife yeah the shame is i am bad where guilt is i did something bad um and i think that's like the best definition for it right i'm bad versus i did something bad um Shame is more likely to lead to destructive behaviors than guilt because the shame, you you have that one action, right? And maybe you, I don't know, forgot to get your daughter's lollipop at the store and now you feel guilty because you forgot it. But for her, it's a bigger thing. Now you're making it actually a bigger thing by like, oh, I don't want my daughter and I'm going to get her damn lollipop. How was I not thinking about her to get her the lollipop, right? Um, so that shame and the shame storm that you're giving yourself is much more than the actual act of a guilt, guilty deed, right? Um, <laughs> still thinking about like your blood, just write it down. <laughs> just journal, I've got the tools. Idea. <laughs> when it comes to understanding how we define ourselves against shame or, or defend ourselves against shame the utmost respect for the work of she has for this uh, stone center at wellesley dr linda harting is a former uh, relational cultural theorist right and according to this lady um some of us move away by withdrawing, hiding, silencing ourselves, and keeping secrets. Some of us move toward by seeking and appeasing and please. And some of us move against by trying to gain power over others, by being aggressive, by using shame to fight shame. Like sending really mean emails. Ha ha. Um, but... I think that um, where was I going? There's something that just came into my mind about about that and your shame resilience has to start somewhere, right? So it has to start if you if you don't feel like you have enough shame resistance, you have to start somewhere. So it's just 
that little teeny tiny step of having self-compassion and for me like just doing that meditation in the morning or um getting up and just doing my start my work day or listening to some type of motivational um book or something like there's oh I don't have like 120 freaking books on audible so it's like I can pick one and just get motivated right but there's those days where like it's not working and you have to find some other way to step into it or do you just allow yourself to be in a shame storm for 10 minutes maybe you need to cry or be angry or be upset it's okay at the end of the day it's okay to let yourself have feelings because if you don't then they're going to get bottled up so for me it's like is that part of shame resilience because I'm allowing myself to step and walk through that feeling of shame for a moment to get out something that I need to get out during this whole process at the same time. Does that make sense? Um, and what do you do when you get yourself back to a corner? How do you protect yourself? Who do you call through the mean nasties and, uh, What's the most courageous thing you could do for yourself when you feel small or hurt? I know for me, it's, I've got my, my peeps. I got Heather, of course. Um, I call Jessica Rook because she's a rad human. Um, but I've got my people, right? I have a, a, a list of people that I call. Um, the most courageous thing for me is to call them and admit that I'm having a shame issue or maybe it's not a shame issue. Maybe I'm just having an issue, period. Like, hey, this is my thought process now, right now. What do you guys think? You know, it doesn't have to be about shame, but it also, how do you protect yourself against somebody else trying to make you feel shame? Because that's a whole nother dynamic. If someone's putting shame on you and how do you, do you make your boundary to protect that? Um, so they were just really good questions at the end of this chapter, I thought. Um, and I think part of the thing is who's earned a right to hear your story? Because there's people that don't deserve to hear your story. So guidepost one, cultivating authenticity and letting go of what people think. Ryan, cultivating authenticity, letting go of what people think. You know, hell, I'm still stuck on the... <laughs> I always forget we're on a, on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just us chopping it up, you know? <laughs> I get in those modes where I'm just chatting, Kathy. Who deserves to hear what you, hear your story? Uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what was the question? <laughs> just, I mean, you guys are all like pretty brave and courageous to me to like be just letting everything out on on the podcast, and I know I appreciate it because at the end of the day. I've had people, I had a couple guys at SEMA last year come up to me and thank me for the book podcast. They don't participate, but they listen to it. Um, 
I've had someone come up to me at MTE last year and say the same thing. They don't participate, but they love listening to it. And I'm just like, and I was thinking about that the other day. I think I, I don't know who I was talking to, or I said it this at the beginning of this, I you guys are doing amazing, like getting on this podcast and doing book club because somewhere someone is listening to what they need to hear and going, they feel it too. I'm not the only one. Hell yeah. I'm normal. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, Ooh. what was the previous question? I was real stuck on that other part. <laughs> the cultivating authenticity, letting go of what people think is guidepost one, right? So now we're into the guidepost because she's explained all the the different things and and now we're getting finally into the the guidepost and guidepost one is is that cultivating authenticity and letting go of what people think and that's part of your hyped up issue is when you're so worried about what people think when they pick up their car but at the same time it's a valid we are literally in the service field and what people think is derived on and they have to pay us for what they think about our service you know they have a price but at the same time they also at the end of the day when they're paying you they're also going, they're either going to give you crap about how they think about your service or if they're going to be like, oh, it's perfect. Or, you know, maybe they'll cry because they love it so much. <laughs> so being authentic, how do you feel about that? Being authentic and letting go of what people think. Um, I think it's hard for me. I think it's hard and it's it's nobody else's problem and it's just how I'm like whatever kind of mood I'm in like right now like hopping on this book club like I don't feel anxiety really at all I don't feel you know what I mean like this is my authentic self but you put me in here with like 20 people like you're gonna get a lot or just on like an off day and you're going to get a lot different responses. I'm going to feel like way more anxiety. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a socially awkward dude. Like, and I don't it's, think you're socially awkward. I think you're perfect. Internally, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to control like my anxiety when I get into social situations. Yeah. And I feel comfortable with somebody. And once I feel comfortable, I'm just like, eh, blah, 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 you know, and yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I do Chris, know that when I am. Not Chris, Corey's shaking his head up and down. I feel like he's agreeing with you. Yeah. I, I do know that when I am being like authentically me, I, I get that vibe back from people. I, I vibe with people better. You know what I mean? When I'm trying and I'm full of anxiety and I'm trying to talk to people, I, I, I get a weird vibe and it, it'll come off from me like, man, that guy's, that guy's kind of a jerk or, you know, because I'm being weird and I'm, <laughs> I'm being full of anxiety and just like uncomfortable and awkward in a situation. Or you feel like you're, you're comparing yourself to somebody like you have to compare. And instead of trying to be yourself, and it seems like when I'm trying to compare myself to somebody else, then it ends up getting just super awkward. Whereas 
if it's just me being genuine, then all of a sudden I hit it off with people and everything's cool. Yeah. And I can relate with that, like putting people up on a pedestal, you know, like, you know, going to Air Force One and seeing a bunch of guys in the industry where I'm like, oh, dang, look at that, dude. I did. You want to talk about an anxiety attack? Like, <laughs> it's been a weirdo. Look at it. It's just, is like, like, to be like, I'm a normal. Okay, I'm here. Like, I could, I could be here. <laughs> oh, Chris, you got to share now because you must have been, look at him. He's like, take yourself off mute, bro. Oh, Chris is Mr. Aloha to everybody. Oh, yeah, he was, he was laughing. That was funny, but he was like, he was psyching himself. He's like, yeah, man, day two, you know, or, you know, like we got a lot of shit to go to do today. Let's fucking rock. <laughs> I, I is that what you meant socially awkward? I thought you were really like hyped or were you forcing yourself to do that? Uh, yeah. I'm hyping myself up in the morning, brother. <laughs> I don't know. I don't notice it. I just I don't know. I don't think it's awkward. That's like you said, I think that's your inside, your inner you. Yeah. But yeah. I think you're just psyching yourself out. His oh. inner, his inner little boy is like screaming, and he's like having to be an adult on the outside. Well, I'm super he's like loud. Constant battle. Yeah. Yep. Constant I'm like, battle. I'm an introverted extrovert. Yep. Yeah. Well, authenticity well, though is a practice, right? So you have to practice at being yourself. Or else you kind of don't know what to do. You're going to get a little socially awkward. But I don't feel like that is Ryan's problem from the outside looking in, right? Like none of us feel like we ever see that with Ryan. But he's telling us how he feels on the inside. And it's hard for us to see it. Like, what? Are you serious? So that constant choice about, every day of showing up and being what? It's like. Me? I don't know who you're talking about. Are you talking about yourself? Because it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> but he has that real anxiety sometimes. You don't have a twin, right? I might have. I don't know. I don't know what happened, dude. <laughs> I just appreciate your honesty and candor. It's awesome. I know I get um I get talky. I mean I'm already talking a lot because it's book club, but um I either get super quiet or I don't know what to say, so I just talk about like detailing. And I'm sure people are nice at a party. Who care wants to hear me talk about detailing a car? Not a whole bunch of other girls that I'm hanging out with. I mean, they're not into cars. They're into like Sephora makeup and crap. <laughs> I don't know. Like they're not into like, maybe like they're into making their car look better, but they're not into like me talking about cars, but, and then, uh, or talking about something that is like, they're just not into. Right. But if I get, 
if I don't feel worthy, because it's all has to, to go back to the worthiness thing, right? Then I'm going to get a little anxiety filled and be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that happens when you don't know what to talk to about with someone. Like you're like, what am I connect? Well, what what do we have similarities? Like, what can we yeah. talk about? Do you like fishing? No. You like car detailing? No. Well, <laughs> shit, I don't know what else to talk about then. I mean, and it's hard, like, well, I don't think it's hard, but sometimes when you meet people, they don't, it's like you're pulling it out of them because they might have some social awkwardness, but when you're meeting somebody, and I think we all do a pretty good job because we're all with customers all the time, having to talk to them, having to already dig out, like, what do you want done with your vehicle? And they go, what do you mean? I just want to clean. Well, and then we have to dig out of them like, hey, well, here's some expectations and here's some things that can happen. And this is what you can do. And it goes from A to Z. And these are all your options. And they're like, I didn't know a car detail went to that deep and all this kind of stuff. So we all have these amazing skills at pulling stuff out of people just about a car, right? And I've done that my whole life. Like, I think I learned it from my dad because I'd watch him at parties talk about like, oh, tell me about where are you guys from? Oh, you know, I had an uncle or like, you know, he would always somehow similarly like make a connection with these people. And so I think I learned how to do that in early age. But sometimes you go to you go to a situation and it's like pulling teeth. It is like literally you're like trying to like pull it out of somebody like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here to do your car. And you said that we were going to chat about some other things you wanted done. Yeah. Yep. I want to get some more stuff done. Okay. Can you expand on that? Well, I just want to get more stuff done. I got some extra money. I want to get more. Okay. Well, what would you like? You tell me you're the detailer, you know? And then you're like, okay, well. And then you have to finally like hit on something. Like I had this guy that literally did this. I'm not joking. And I, I, I don't know. I went through like 20 different things. And finally he tells me some story about this car that he loved. And it just had to do with the interior. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you really want to get some more stuff done on the interior vehicle because it brings back a memory of when you took your wife out on the first date. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, so it was really about finally hitting 20 minutes later, a story about this guy in this car and his wife and him on the first date. Right. So, and I, I feel like sometimes even if we're being authentic, that almost like for me anyway, like that self, that belonging of even in a group setting and you're talking to this person and you're like having to talk to this person and you're like, yeah, I want to bang my head up against like in my, in my brain, I'm like, I really want to bang my head up against the wall, but how do I stay in the conversation? How do I stay present? Cause my mind is going 20 different ways. Cause like, I, is that being authentic? I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, um, and just, and at that moment, am I caring about what that person's thinking? Absolutely not. 
because I have like tried 20 different ways from Sunday to try to get this person to have a conversation. And, and then maybe it's me trying to get the conversation going. Maybe I just need to let this person sit back and have a little awkward, like no talk. So this person can figure out something to say and let them have an awkward moment so they can start talking. And that's what I figured out too. I don't know. Um, Cultivating courage to be imperfect, to set boundaries, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we all made of that we are all made of strength and struggle, and nurturing the connection of the sense of belonging can only happen when we believe that we are enough, and that is all choosing authenticity. And I think we just talked about all that and the mindful practice of being authentic during our most soul-searching struggles is how we invite grace, gratitude, joy in our lives. And mindfulness is Ryan doing his journaling and also doing your meditation, right? Inviting grace and gratitude and joy into your life. And I think that's like probably sometimes what I miss when I get moments. So I started this whole thing is if, I don't feel like I'm being mindful. What am I missing? And something I wrote down when I first read this book was gratitude. And then I'll start going, I'll just do with like three things that I'm grateful for the day. Cause I can find, I can look around and be like, I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful that the sun is up. I'm grateful that I have a truck. I'm grateful that I'm retired. Like I can go on all of a sudden. If I just ask myself three things, I can all of a sudden come up with 10 or 20. And then all of a sudden I feel lighter and I feel like, oh. And then I'll concentrate on my dog for like a minute. And like, she's awesome because her interactions of trying to understand and I'll just interact with my dog. And I'm grateful and I have joy with that because that's one of my joy pieces. Chris, what's one of your joy pieces? I want to go fishing. Yeah. I need to go see the water, actually. I like, need to just hang out by the water. I feel like I've been working too much. Yeah. Eat some good food. I, Sam, you going to go, go eat with me at SEMA? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, we're we're gonna go eat and Heather will be there the first. She's gonna we're gonna be there Sunday, Monday, and then she doesn't leave till Wednesday morning, I think. Oh, okay. okay. And I'm gonna be there till Friday morning, but yeah. You're not gonna be able to keep up with him and eating Sam. Oh no, I've I've been with him with food. I I'm on a I'm on a strict my metabolic reset, but I'm going to take a little bit of a break for SEMA. There you go. <laughs> but I don't know what kind of food you want to eat, but we'll find something to eat for sure. I'll be grateful to first watch one, Percy. First one is you got to go to, uh, what is it, Market Cafe in uh, Old, Old Vegas or Old Strip. Get some yeah. oxtail soup. Oh, yeah. All right. That's my number one. And do you, do you have a whole list already made up? 
Oh shoot. I he I sure does. <laughs> you better have that list made up. I'm sure. I don't like... know. Well, I'll see. We'll, we'll so go. It's all it's all local food because Vegas is the ninth island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna be in. Yeah, you're gonna be. You're gonna be in a love affair with food as soon as you get there. I know. So, I got a. What is that? I fly in first thing on. Um, what is, when is the education day? Thirty first. Yeah. Yeah, Monday morning. Yeah, I fly in on Monday. So I once I get the out of the airplane, my cousin's gonna, I think, drop me off at South Point. Perfect. So that way, Dang. there's not any Hawaiian food at South Point. South Point does have a good, uh, what do you call it, a buffet, though. Oh, okay. And we get we get out of class like at five at dinner time, so yeah. <laughs> that might be that might be the one. Oh, that might be right the there. one. Last time I went, it was like seafood, crab legs, stuff like that. Oh well, well yeah, I'm all in it for seafood. Give me some, I want a good oyster bar. I heard they have some good oh, oyster bars yeah. in Vegas. I'm See, down look for at that too. Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah, Ryan, we, right? We took Ryan to an oyster bar in uh in Seattle. Oh. Yeah. We ate a bunch of oyster. Nice. That was, that was the third place we ate oh. that morning. That morning. <laughs> All the other stuff was snacking. It was the little snacks. Little snacks. <laughs> little snack it's a little snacky snack <laughs> be having i wouldn't be having any weight problems <laughs> you gotta eat with chris more yeah oh. well i think that being authentic inviting grace gratitude and joy in our lives can help us be mindful right because that's all about being mindful and I think that the authenticity guidepost is uh, it's it's hard sometimes because being honest makes people uncomfortable, right? But you also have to not make them uncomfortable. And sometimes I go, well, that's not my job. I'm just being honest because you wanted the honest feedback or we're in an honest situation. And so sometimes there's that duality. I keep remembering that as long as I'm not upsetting someone or hurting anyone's feelings by being that honest, then I'm okay. And um, I don't know. I I think because she has these things about partic these participants that feel like they're authentic. Don't make people feel uncomfortable, but be honest. Don't upset anyone or hurt anyone's feelings, but say what's on your mind. Sound informed and educated without being a know-it-all. Don't say anything unpopular or controversial, but have the courage to disagree with the crowd. And... I was like, yeah, those are all things that I try to do. Sometimes I I hurt people's feelings. Sometimes I sound like a know-it-all, but I'm really just educated myself. And then I have to stop and go, oh, am I being a know-it-all? I don't know. I'll have to ask Jess. 
And then I talked to Jessica or I talked to Heather and be like, hey, what do you think? You know, because it's a good sounding board if you have your people to go to, to talk to them, right? And then after every guidepost is a dig deep. So we got to get deliberate, get inspired and get going. And for the authenticity, um, the the dig deep is, um, I am, it talks about a mantra for getting deliberate. So just mean that when you're facing a vulnerable situation, don't shrink, don't puff up, stand. Oh no, it's frozen. Frozen. Are you guys all here still? Uh, you got me. <laughs> something happened. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I heard it go mute. And I was like, did I lose my Bluetooth? And I looked and then uh, um, Chris is like, uh-oh, she's, she's, she's wigging out. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll, we'll end it there because it's just the goalposts. Um, that was yep. fun. Uh, get inspired um, after is get deliberate. Um, be courageous. Find something to be courageous about and because courage is contagious. And get going, keeping it real without regret. So that's the... That is goalpost one and then we'll go over goalpost two. Um when we get back from SEMA. Sounds good. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to wrap it up. I would say I'd like to, but we're only halfway through the book. So yeah, <laughs> it's such an amazing book that I could probably talk forever with you guys on it. So thanks for, sure. for coming out, Corey. Yeah, no problem. And I'll, uh, are you going to SEMA? No, I'm not. I'm going to try to go for MTE, but we'll see what happens. Okay. I'll so, talk to you later. For sure. And thanks for coming to the podcast. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Take it easy. Take it easy.